Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast Show. I am really excited. Today, we have a guest, Gina Schmidt-Deal. I say your last name correctly? Yes. Yes. I'm really excited to have Gina here today. She's going to tell a very powerful story, one that I think many people have, but don't have the courage to step out and share it. It's an honor that Gina, she shared her story a few times and she's going to today on the podcast, but I'm just going to kind of introduce her. She is a wife and a mom and she is an advocate. Her son Gunner has Down syndrome and she's an advocate for people with disabilities, specifically in inclusion and education. So she is a graduate of Partners in Policymaking, which is a program ran by the Minnesota Governor's Council on Developmental Disabilities. She's been in the fitness industry for 15 years, and now she's at home with her kids and homeschools her three kids. She attends Eagle Brook Church in Lionel Lakes, Minnesota, and a few of her favorites are Starbucks, pink drink. Oh my gosh, I don't even know if I've tried that before. (laughs) Chick-fil-A sandwich with the extra pick. Oh, I love that. Pilates and then sitting in the sun with a good book. So welcome, Gina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you right now have three kids. Tell me about your family. Yeah. So our oldest deacon will be seven uh, tomorrow from the date that we're recording this. And then Gunner is five and a half and he'll be in kindergarten next year, which is crazy to think about. And our youngest Layla is 20 months. So she'll be two in August. Okay. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. Gina is actually on Instagram. So you can find her on Instagram, her and her family models. So she's open for booking. So that's not why we're doing the show, but I'm just putting a thrill out there for her. And it's deals, And I'll actually put this information in the show notes and then also where you follow your podcast. So it'll be on the details for that. Go ahead and just share your story, Gina. This is Strong Tower Mental Health. And so we talk about, you know, where we were and then what the Lord has done in our life. And I really think you have a lot of very powerful redemption in your story. As you are listening, listeners, I just, I want you to allow yourself to just receive the freedom that she's received because the Lord says freely you receive, freely you've given. And then also whatever he does once, he will do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a big reason I do share is because of Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him, which is Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I think our testimonies are so powerful, whether good or bad, the hard and the easy, all of it, but God can redeem anything, anything. The things that were done to us, the things that we have done, all of those sins he can take and turn into good and to glorify him. Another verse that I really just love is Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Wow. And it is, it's really emotional for me, but I do believe God gave me this story to save more lives. And when I was a kid, I grew up in a, just not an emotionally healthy home. Mm -hmm. My dad was, and still is an alcoholic. And that it's just, it's hard, you know, especially being a girl and that father figure is just hard. 
Yeah. So I did not grow up in the church knowing God or Jesus or anything to do with that. And so I found relationship with men, boys, you know, all throughout my teenage years and, and young adult life and not healthy relationships necessarily. But finally I did find a healthy relationship when I had just turned 18 and felt really good in that and felt like I was in love. Really a few short months after we started dating, we found out that we were pregnant and completely unexpected, obviously not taking right precautions for that. And he was just a couple years older and he was in college. He did not want to have a child. And I'm not at all blaming this all on him because we both had a say in this, but I think a big reason for the decision that we made is because I wanted to stay with him. We decided to get an abortion on April 29th in 2006. And my life really didn't change much after that. We stayed together, this guy and I, we had the same lifestyle. My values and habits were the same. And I really just didn't regret anything. What that turned into was about two and a half years later, when he broke up with me, my life kind of started to spiral downward. I developed really, really bad body image issues, disordered eating habits, depression. I was drinking too much. And finally, I had a friend in 2010 that invited me to church and things just started opening up. I remember crying every single service in music. I mean, every single time, because it's just like you want to feel forgiven, but you feel like you can't because of, again, the things that were done to me and that I did myself. And I just felt like I was too far gone. You felt like that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel like that. That's the whole reason that Jesus died for us is so that we could be forgiven. He shed his blood so that we could have that forgiveness and that redemption. And finally, I started focusing on my mental health, physical health. I got a therapist. I went to a small group. I went to church every week and, and things just kind of started to unfold for me. And I feel like God just kept pursuing me in that too. Yeah. And was starting to rewrite my story. So about a year later, after I started attending church, which we still go to Eagle Brook, I met my now husband and we didn't start our relationship out right intimacy wise. We were still having sex, but we were growing in our faith together. We were going to church together. We had an overall healthy relationship. So we were building on that. And around Christmas time in 2012, so about a year and a half after we were dating, we both felt this nudge from the Holy Spirit that we needed to stop having sex. And we made that decision on Christmas Eve in 2012 to save that part of our relationship for our marriage. And then a year and a half later, we were married. So we did half of our relationship one way and half of our relationship God's way. And I really think that God honored that. And we we got married in 2014. And then just shy of a year later, we had our first son. And he was born exactly nine years later to the date of my abortion on April 29th in 2015. Oh my gosh. So God just totally redeemed wow. that date for me on that one instance. He just said, I am for you. And he changed that for me, that really hard date into something that's now beautiful. We have our first son together. And he continued to redeem that really, really hard part of my story. So Brian 
was actually deployed right after Deacon was born. And then he got home and surprise, we found out we were pregnant again <laughs> shortly after he came home. And we went in for our 20 week ultrasound. We wanted to find out if this baby was going to be our boy or a girl. And it was just a really, really long ultrasound. And at the end, they're like, oh, we didn't get really good pictures of your baby's heart. We'd like you to go downtown, get a 40 ultrasound just to, you know, it really wasn't alarming at all. They just said, we need some better pictures. The next day we took our then 14 month old with us. So Deacon, and just again, not thinking it was a big deal. And three hours later of all of these scans, they basically, it was a very dry doctor. And she basically said that when the baby dies, we need to get them out of you. He had a heart defect. Basically he had a really, really long diagnosis called Epstein's anomaly of the tricuspid valve, which just means that one of his valves was misplaced and his upper chamber of his heart was enlarged. So his heart was enlarged and it was so scary. And I just remember so many people coming over and praying over my belly and praying yeah. over this baby. And it was just a really... But the doctor said when? Yeah, I think that is another thing that is part of my advocacy is making sure that doctors are giving unbiased information yeah, and just right. information. Here's what this is. Yes. And not good or bad, just here's what this is. And I will put a little plug in for Jack's Basket. Carissa Carroll is amazing. They go and do medical outreach and they do teach about how to give unbiased information. And wow. they're doing amazing work in the Down syndrome community, but really overall, how to how give any... We, how can we find that information? Is there a website? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're jacksbasket.org. Okay. Um, they're a nonprofit here in Minnesota, okay. but they're actually worldwide. They yep. celebrate babies born with Down syndrome. They send out these baskets. So if any of your listeners know themselves that they're going to have a baby with Down syndrome or a friend... Yep. They can nominate them and they'll receive this basket with a yep. bunch of information and just, it's amazing. And God just really continued to redeem my story in that because we were offered some prenatal testing originally and we declined. And then as we kind of talked about it, we're like, gosh, it would be really nice to know and just prepare for things. Mm -hmm. So we did get his diagnosis of Down syndrome prenatally about 26 weeks or so. Okay. And in the United States, 67% of babies are diagnosed with Down syndrome prenatally are aborted. And wow. it's just, it's heartbreaking wow. because wow. a lot of people are getting misinformation. And so that's informing the Absolutely. children that they're making. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And not that life with a child with a different need is not hard, but God doesn't call us to easy either. Mm -hmm. And the joy that Gunner brings our family completely surpasses any amount of extra challenges that we have raising him. That was just another way that, you know, God just redeemed that for me. And actually very soon after Gunnar was born, we did start talking about adoption for a couple different reasons, but we really, really wanted another child with Down syndrome. We wanted people to know that people with Down syndrome are loved, they're valued, and they're worthy of life. And just because someone doesn't want them, they are still wanted. Yes. And they still belong in a family and they're still loved. And we're just so grateful for Gunnar. We really wanted to adopt another child with Down syndrome. So we kind of were, we started pursuing that. We got our home study done in April of 2020. And then we started kind of showing our profile. There's a couple different online platforms that share children with Down syndrome that need homes. Mm -hmm. And we saw a couple of older children in the United States. Typically you're, you're seeing older children internationally. And we were really open to that, but you have to pick a lane when you do adoption. So we picked domestic. And after seeing these profiles of a couple of older kids, like three, four, five, we were like, this is what we want. This is what we want to do down the road. <laughs> we would really like to adopt an older child with Down syndrome eventually, but we felt called to keep our birth order at, at this point in 
in our lives. And we also really, really desired having a little girl. Our two boys are so active and great, but we just really, really, really wanted a little girl. So we kind of switched paths just a little bit. And we just started presenting our profiles to just girls with or without Down syndrome. We were just more open to that. And God turned that around really, really quickly. We were matched very quickly with our daughter and her birth mother. And we got her profile. They call it on a Tuesday. We sent in our profile on Thursday. And then on Friday, they called us and said, you were chosen. Congratulations. And birth mom's water just broke. (laughs) So like four days later. No way. Oh my gosh. It was like, oh my gosh. And they're like, do you want to continue with this adoption? And we're like, "Uh, yeah, but we need to figure some things out here. (laughs) And it just all fell into place. We got childcare for the boys for the whole weekend. Everything just fell into place. She was finally born Sunday night. We flew out on Monday. We actually met with her birth family the night before we ever met Layla because of COVID. We couldn't actually meet Layla until we were her legal parents. So that was very interesting. Wow. We signed all the papers and it was just a whirlwind of a week and we had a daughter. Wow. (laughs) Just amazing God things with her adoption. On Tuesday night when we met her birth mom, we asked if there was any names that she had picked out or that we could honor for her. And we had chosen Layla before Gunnar was born. You know, we wanted a girl, we wanted to name her Layla. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I I named her, I named her Layla. And we're like, what? (laughs) Same spelling too. And it's like, no way. How does that happen? Just amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it totally just all got her birth mom's last name is Moon. So we named her Layla Moon. And she's just the best addition to our family. And I will acknowledge that adoption is messy and hard and heartbreaking. And adoption only comes through heartbreak and that child leaving their family of origin. But it's also beautiful and redemptive and amazing. And I'm so, so thankful that we have a very open adoption with Layla's birth mom. We've been able to see her for Layla's first birthday. We flew out there. We're really prayerful and hopeful that she will be able to come out here and meet our whole family and our extended family this summer. And God just continues to move in that area of both of our lives. I say this all the time that Layla's birth mom is just so strong and she is a daughter of the King and she's amazing. God just has intertwined our lives in the most amazing way. And he continues to redeem mine. And we get to celebrate another birthday tomorrow, which is Sanaya's also on April 29th. So Layla's birth mom, her birthday is also April 29th. Yeah. Oh my God. So just the way that God continues to redeem just that date for me and that choice that I made and continue to give him all the glory in doing that in my life is just amazing. When we learned her birthday, I just was like floored. I couldn't even believe it. And he's just continuing to work powerful ways in my life and in my story. And I'm just so thankful. You know how when you move from the Damascus experience where Paul couldn't see, he moves from Saul to Paul where he can't see, there's scales on his eyes and all of a sudden he can see. What would you say was the biggest moment for you where the scales just came off your eyes and you're like, I'm worthy. I'm loved. I'm enough. When throughout your story, when did that moment happen for you? 
it was really hard. So Brian didn't know until after we got married, actually. So we were pregnant with our oldest, with Deacon. And he was in school. He was doing some online classes. And he had a religion class. And he was writing about abortion. And he was really writing about how terrible it was, how he didn't agree with it because of his faith and all of this. And I just broke down and I was sobbing. And I said, I don't know if you're going to forgive me. I don't know how you're going to take this. It was terrifying. You know, and I'm I'm pregnant with our child. (laughs) So I told him and he was so graceful. He had just so much empathy Mm -hmm. and so much love for me that he knew that's not who I was, who I currently was. Right, right. And he had so much grace for me in that moment. And I knew that was given to him to see me in that way and that I could see myself that way. So that was really the biggest moment for you Mm -hmm. because you felt a lot of shame about it. Yeah, absolutely. Just like what Romans 8, 1 says, there's no condemnation in the kingdom Mm -hmm. of God. Yeah no matter what choice we have made, even if it's been an abortion, there is no shame. Right. God loves us no matter what. Yes. What would you say to a mom who is out there who has not shared their story? And this is a big secret Mm -hmm. and they might be hearing this for the first time and they're, they have a, maybe they even have a family or they're thinking about having a family and they're feeling shame about this. What do they need to know? You're forgiven. You are forgiven in Jesus and it takes an ask. You need to ask for that forgiveness and then walk in that truth of being forgiven. Because again, that's what Jesus did for us. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he carried all of our sins. And that's why he washed us clean and as white as snow. I mean, that's how he makes us. And we're going to sin daily, big and little things. And that's why, so that we can walk in that forgiveness and so that we can share it with others. There's no way that God put those dates in my story to not share. And as terrifying that it is to share this, my parents don't know they'll be listening to this. And this will be the first time that they'll hear this. My in-laws, a lot of people do not know this part of my story, but I feel like God has given me this story to share, to help others so that he can be glorified. And so that other people can walk in life with him and feel that forgiveness also. Thank you, man. I mean, there's so much courage and you sharing. Thank you so much for sharing this. And I have another question around this because as you're talking, I'm thinking, I know that there's some people that because of what we have going on in the world, I think there's a lot of people that can get a little, I don't want to say complacent, but you're like, I loved God. But then the next moment you're, you know, like you talked about how you were in your early twenties, making choices that aren't always healthy choices and it's fine. But then you love Jesus the next day and you go to church the next day. What would you say to someone who is struggling with believing that abortion is actually not a good choice. I think there's some people that are Christians and they believe that it's okay, that abortion is okay. I think two things to that. I mean, I know a lot of people want to support the mom, right? Well, it's, it's her choice. It's her body. It's, it's all that, but you're not thinking about the emotional trauma that an abortion could bring that mother. I mean, it's, I don't know statistics or anything, but I know a lot of women that have had abortions have tried to commit suicide, have eating disorders, have mental health for their entire life Yes, because of this trauma that they have gone through. And it's a choice that they've made. And if they can't find this forgiveness, that's something, and and I'm, I'm, I will deal with this for the rest of my life. I'm so thankful that Jesus has called me forgiven and, and I will know that always, but I will still have to deal with this 
heartache forever for my entire life because it's very, very sad. Science says <laughs> that baby is a child from fertilization, from conception. And we know that as believers, but science also backs that up also. And gosh, I mean, if we can't even talk about life as a right for all people, I, you know, I can dive into eugenics about, I mean, all of this, it's like, how can we not value a person based on age or based on ability or based on race? All of this comes into that. And it's just so much of a bigger issue instead of just so choosing one, choose both. We can choose both. We can support this woman and this child in whatever that means. If that means that she's going to keep this baby and raise this baby, there's so many pregnancy resource centers that have everything available that you could ever need to raise a child. So many supports out there. And if she chooses adoption, there are so many loving families like mine that really want open adoptions. That means that you're a part of our family also. Deacon is so sweet. He says, well, Layla has so many people that love. And Sanaya, her birth mom, she's like, she's a part of our family too. And I said, yeah, buddy, she absolutely is. That's so beautiful. And I mean, there's just so many people that will rally around you in either of those decisions mm-hmm. um, and whatever that means, raising your child or, or placing your baby for adoption and making an adoption plan. Those are two very loving choices that you know are the better choice. They truly are. Killing a child is not a choice that I feel like anyone could really feel like that's right. I guess. Well, one of the things that I've thought about when I have, cause I've even watched documentaries on women who've actually gotten abortions and they talk about their story and they're like, yep, I'm good now. I'm good. And it's like this documentary to really show the support of abortion and how they're all right emotionally and they're okay. And they go to work and it's almost like, you know, they're really advocating for it. But as I'm watching this and I'm seeing, it's like, they're trying to say that they're okay. I I can see it in their eyes that there there's a hurt and there's a pain that you can't deny when you create a life, that life is valuable. And the thing that it makes me think about is if we think that a baby's life doesn't matter because it's going to go into the foster care. There's so much statistics around unwed mothers and it's not okay. And all this stuff, if we focus on that and say, well, yeah, we have to do this. What it's doing is it's coming back to how we think about ourselves. Mm -hmm. If you think that abortion is okay, then what you're doing is you're saying that your life doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's the basis. It's at the root of how you believe in the world It's your worldview. And that actually comes back to the seed and the root of you, right? Which is why I think we have so many people in the world that are kind of like orphans. If I had an episode that went live a couple of weeks ago with Harmony Klingenmeyer, and she talks about the orphan spirit and how we're walking around as, or even if we have a mom and dad, like you said, you grew up in this home where emotionally you're not you don't feel loved, even though they're there and yep, they give you food and they'll give you clothes. And you're like, okay, they're doing these things for me, but I'm not feeling worthy right Mm. now. And I just want to quote Jeremiah one, five, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Each 
one of our life is valuable. Mm -hmm. And if we want to say that someone else's life, whether it's a baby that hasn't been born or someone who's, you know, 90 years old, if we want to say that that person doesn't have worth, we're saying we don't have worth and we're disagreeing with what God says. So we can't like make something else up besides what God says, right? Like he says, (laughs) we are worthy. He appointed us. Each one of us are called to do something to have there's purpose and there's a will for our life. Um, And I just, I really feel like he's redeeming life. And your story is one that is more powerful than you even know. And I feel like you're going to see that number over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I looked the number up in my I have this number book by Troy Brewer, and I think 29 means mountain. Yeah, you told me that, yeah. Yeah, that there's repetition in the Bible about the number 29, which means mountain. And so I just believe it's going to be like, he's got doors open for you that you don't even understand (laughs) because you're just saying yes to him and yes to family and yes to life. And he's going to bless you beyond what you, your brain gets. (laughs) Yeah. So I would love it if you could pray for the listeners, Gina, you carry a lot of freedom that other people need. And so I'd love if you pray just whatever the Holy Spirit leads. And thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this time. I thank you for Heidi. I thank you for this platform that you've given her to share. And Lord, I I thank you for the story that you've given me for the redemption that you've given me. And Lord, I, I thank you for giving that to me so that I can share it with others, Lord. I know that you've called me to share this as hard as it is. And Lord, I know the reason is so that I can share this forgiveness and this redemption that comes from you with others. And Lord, I just hope that anyone listening to this right now can feel that forgiveness in you, Lord. And I just I pray that they ask for it and I pray that they receive it. And Lord, I just pray that you're you're with us as we walk um, with you in this journey, as we become closer to you and that you lead us closer to finding more about you every single day. Lord, again, I thank you for this time. And um, we ask that you bless everyone listening in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And anybody that's still feeling like trickles of trauma that they have, I just want to encourage you just see it as Gina is praying and you're opening to this, yes, to talk to someone, just see it going to the foot of the cross. Like when she talked about how she went to church and she's crying, that was the Lord cleansing her. That was the Lord comforting her. That's a good Papa loving her. And so when you are in pain and you have a good parent who's hugging you and loving you, you cry because it it feels good to be loved. And so just allow yourself to just be comforted by God, give him your stuff. You have to say yes and say, God, I give you this choice that I made. I give you this trauma that has happened to me or that I did to someone else. It doesn't matter if it happened to you or if you made a choice, but you have to actually see it being given to him and then ask him to then fill you. So there needs to be that exchange. So you're not just empty with all given away all your stuff that you ask Holy spirit, come fill me with your peace. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your presence. He is a redeemer. Mm-hmm. And so I thank you all listeners for being here in the show. I just pray for you to have a wonderful and amazing redemptive week. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.